Let's bring in our first guest. We have Wayne Kaufman joining us from Phoenix Financial Services. Wayne's here to have us take a look at uh, what we're seeing in terms of uh, some of the commodities. Wayne, good morning to you. Welcome. Thanks for sharing part of your Monday with us. Good morning. Before thanks, we, thanks to you. Before we bring you uh, into the commodities discussion, I just wanted to get your take on the jobs report. Uh, what we're seeing in terms of the selling in response to. Yeah, uh, you know, we had a mixed picture from last week's action. We started out with an amazing two-day start to the week, and then we had a terrible finish. And, uh, you know, the reasons were the payrolls report, obviously, but also AMD's announcement was absolutely horrific. Mm -hmm. Samsung had a negative announcement, and I think those uh, played into the intense selling and turnaround that we saw for the end of the week. You know, AMD in particular, they recently gave a forecast back, uh, it was just in August, and now, early October, they're knocking down by a billion dollars their next quarter forecast. So major indexes had gapped up off of bottoms, which is typically, for technicians, a very nice thing to see. We like those gaps up off of important bottoms. Um, but then later in the week, we gapped down and on the daily chart, this printed what we call island reversals. That is now very important resistance. And we had a 90% up day early in the week, and then we had a 90% down day. That means all of the statistics, uh, advanced decline, points, and volume were 90% up all the time on one day or 90% down. So when you just erase a 90% up day so quickly, that's obviously not good. But as you pointed out, at the same time, indexes finished higher for the week. And on the weekly charts, some printed what's uh, in Japanese candlesticks called inverted hammers, which is actually a good, uh, a good candle. So it's a mixed picture. But the problem, as which you originally asked, was about the, the payrolls report. Um, you know, the, the um, uh, last time I was on, uh, we discussed, uh, I think it was CPI, which um, that really changed the way people were looking at the, at, at, at the Fed. And they were hoping the Fed was going to start easing. And that dashed that hope. Well, the payrolls report and uh, uh, earnings, these are two very sticky things that in spite of what's happening in commodities, in spite of uh, the economy moderately slowing, and I stress moderately, that this is going to keep the Fed doing what they are doing. So I, I think that's uh, that's the important takeaway there. You know, uh, the economy moderately slowing here, and I want to get your take on a couple sectors to watch and a, a couple sectors to be involved in amidst that in a second. But uh, to your point here, and I've been kind of stressing the Russell's yet to take out the June lows until that happens. It is somewhat bullish to your point in terms of some of the price activity we saw last week. He did not take out last week's Sunday night low on Friday, right? I thought that was uh, something for the bulls to hang their hat on or at least a level to keep an eye on this week if we uh, uh, hold above that. Again, bullish there as well. But talk to me because uh, sector's most at risk here, Wayne, amidst this. You've got energies, which have done very well. Uh, recession, I mean, obviously, a lot of people look for the consumer staples under those circumstances. I think under these uh, very difficult times, what you're looking for is stocks that are uh, well, losing the least in, in some ways, right? The uh, many stocks are going to give 
a significant back uh, part of their gains back. But we want to see stocks that are that are hanging in there well uh, relative to the broader market. Well, you know, energy obviously has been the strongest all year. It's been the only decent sector. Um, but, you know, you talk about losing the least. It's, uh, that's unfortunately, unfortunately true. And relative to recession, the odds really favor a recession. And the simple reason for that is that, you know, the Fed gives forecasts regarding the indicators that they're looking at, like PCE and uh, employment, et cetera. And the Fed indicators, for them to get to the levels that they're forecasting in the time frame that they are forecasting, we've never had that fast a drop in those mm. indicators mm. without having a recession. Mm. So the odds of a recession have gone up dramatically. So, you know, we are in a year where uh, many things that we've seen historically have just gotten tossed out the window. So maybe that will also. But that is the fact. Historically, we've never seen the uh, indicators that the Fed looks at drop to the degree and the, the, the speed that the Fed is forecasting without the economy going into a recession. You know, I like that, Wayne, as far as we talk about that a lot here on the show, the, the rate of change, the magnitude of change ultimately, and to your point earlier in terms of what we've seen as far as stocks, 90% up, 90% down. I mean, these massive swings, these heavily weighted swings one way or the other, pretty good indication, again, of investors' unease, uncertainty, and some of the volatility we're seeing in the market. Let's talk a little bit about speaking of uh, magnitude and rate of ascent. You've got crude starting the week off back above $90, back to August levels, a reflection of what we saw last week as far as OPEC being back in the driver's seat. Yeah. So, uh, you know, talking about crude and, uh, and, and uh, the indexes, major indexes in general, we went through a period where we thought um, crude came down pretty sharply, something like 37% from the June high, mm -hmm. okay? And June wasn't even the high, but down 37%. The reason for that was everybody was convinced that we were going into a global recession. So crude was way down. It actually had led the commodities uh, group into a bear market, which is good and bad. It's good because when commodities go into a bear market, and we've discussed this before, in your asset classes where you've got bond stocks and commodities, they move so that bonds first go into a bear, then stocks go into a bear, and then last, commodities go into a bear. So that would be good because eventually you're going to go back into bonds being in a bull, stocks bull, et cetera. So, but then we had what happened with OPEC, and now all of a sudden that big selling and, and crude was below its all the important moving averages, and it was in its own bear market. So now, all of a sudden, you had this tremendous lurching move higher in crude and in the related stocks. And it really makes uh, it really makes trading this market very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. But the energy stocks are still the ones with the best fundamentals. And crude is probably, it's it certainly got a good chance of going higher, at least staying where it is, because uh, the fact of the matter is, Inventories are below five-year levels. They're they're pretty well below. Um, uh, that's for for crude, for gasoline, for natural gas, and the frackers here 
in spite of the lip service that the administration is paying right now, saying that uh, there they want uh, uh, more production, et cetera, um, the, the frackers here are very hesitant to increase production dramatically. You've got an administration that hates them, and uh, they just don't want to put in the, the capex. So they're not going to raise their production so much. And the administration's policies, just, I don't want to sound hyperbolic or anything, uh, uh, but, but they're insane. You know, they want less oil production, and then they're upset with Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. for less oil production. Mm -hmm. They want less oil production here, but they're talking to Venezuela about increasing production. None of this makes any sense. And again, I don't want to sound like I'm just taking pot shots at them, but I just really can't understand uh, their strategy relative to energy. I, I just don't understand it. Wayne, you're not the first that's expressed that uh, um, uh, confusion um, and misunderstanding as far as uh, what's going on, not only as far as uh, the oil discussion, but also with rates. I mean, right, one could argue as far as what lawmakers are doing in terms of uh, some of the recent efforts, the Biden administration's efforts to, uh, well, they're calling it tame back inflation, but uh, it's ultimately, uh, I'm hearing, just going to add to it. You know, relative, relative to that, could I make one point that I think is important? We are in a, a very difficult liquidity contraction. Mm -hmm. Stocks are plunging, so that's a that hurts uh, consumer balance sheets. Mortgage rates have more than doubled since December, so home values dropping. That hurts consumers. Short-term interest rates rising hurts borrowers. The Fed has QT ongoing. The Fed is raising rates, and uh, President Biden and the Democrats have been basically buying votes with various policies that help consumers, giving consumers money. That will end with the coming election. So uh, we're definitely in a liquidity contraction, and anybody who's navigating the markets needs to be very aware of that. A fragile, unsustainable situation, it sounds like. Yes, it is. It is. So uh, we're in a bear market. Uh, you know, you want to lose the least amount of money, but, but right now the question is, where are the buyers going to come from? Yeah. And I think earnings season won't be disappointing because the economy is not as bad okay. as people think. Okay. But still, people are looking down the road. You got, you know, the old thing, Ben, it's very simple. Don't fight the Fed. Mm -hmm. And right now, if you're too bullish, you're fighting the Fed. To that point, the trend's your friend as well. And you just mentioned we are in a bear market. We've been talking about that. And I think that's a great question. Where are the buyers going to come from? We were discussing that uh, over the last couple of weeks. Recently, it seems like they've been coming from short covering, right? More responsive type buying than initiative type buying. And responsive buying does not take out key areas of resistance to the upside and uh, areas that were established on the way down. So lots to watch here. A very dynamic situation. A, a great breakdown as far as what's going on as we begin the week. Wayne. Appreciate you joining us this Monday. Wayne Kaufman, the Chief Market Analyst at Phoenix Financial Thank Services. You.